the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost is not something that is well understood in the LDS or the Christian community. You know, exactly what happened to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. You know, what does it mean to be born again? Um, in terms of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, first off, we may have many baptisms of fire throughout our life. And the purpose of a baptism of fire is to cleanse us and to sanctify us. And baptisms of fire are always available, whether or not there is an open dispensation. However, the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost is a priesthood ordinance. And as we read in DNC 76, verse 52. that by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power. So for the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost to be performed, there must be a man who has been ordained and sealed unto this power. Now the question is, what is this power? Well, if we turn to 3 Nephi chapter 11. In verse 18, we find, And it came to pass that he spake unto Nephi, for Nephi was among the multitude, and he commanded him that he should come forth. And Nephi arose and went forth, and bowed himself before the Lord and to kiss his feet. And the Lord commanded him that he should arise, and he arose and stood before him. And the Lord said unto him, I give unto you power that ye shall baptize this people when I am again ascended into heaven. And then in the next verses, Christ sets forth the baptismal prayer for baptism by water into the terrestrial order of the gospel, which is different from the preparatory order of the gospel that is referenced in DNC 84. And if we turn to DNC 84, in verse 23, we find out that Moses sought diligently to sanctify his people, that they might behold the face of God, which means, uh, as defined in the next verse, verse 24, entering into his rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Now that sanctification that prepares a man, a woman, or a people to enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of Christ's glory, is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, the requirement to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, for the one receiving it is given in 3 Nephi chapter 9, verse 20. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. So the requirement is the full sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. The terms of that sacrifice can only be received by revelation. But at a bare minimum, it does mean 
the sacrifice or the willingness to sacrifice all things and that everything be put on, on the altar. Our reputation, our name, our fortune, our life, and even our family. That is the bare minimum requirement to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. And then the specifics the Lord will give us by revelation as we ask and as we knock, it will be revealed to us. Now, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as we said previously, can only be received when the heavens are open during an open dispensation. And the exact same thing that opens a dispensation is also required for the ordinance to be performed. As we read in DNC 76, that it can only be performed by one who is ordained and sealed unto this power. Well, in 3rd Nephi chapter 11, we read the account of Jesus Christ ordaining the 12 disciples here in America to this power. However, they haven't yet had it sealed upon them. So in 3 Nephi chapter 11, they only received the charge to baptize by water into the terrestrial order of the gospel. They have not yet been given the charge to perform the order of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because it has not yet been sealed upon them. Now, in 3 Nephi, Chapter 18, we have the account of the sealing of this order of the priesthood, the first order of Melchizedek priesthood or the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And with its sealing upon the 12 disciples, they then received the charge to go forth and as directed by the spirit to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. 3 Nephi 18, verse 36. And it came to pass that when Jesus made an end of these sayings, he touched with his hand the disciples, whom he had chosen one by one, even until he had touched them all. And he spake unto them as he touched them. Now, this touching of the apostles by Christ, or his laying his hands upon them, is the act of sealing this priesthood power upon the twelve disciples. And the multitude heard not the words which he spake, therefore they did not bear record. But the disciples bear record that he gave them power to give the Holy Ghost. And I will show unto you hereafter that this record is true. And it came to pass that when Jesus had touched them all, there came a cloud and overshadowed the multitude that they could not see Jesus. And while they were overshadowed, he departed from them and ascended into heaven. And the disciples saw and did bear record that he ascended into heaven. So again, if we go back to DNC 76, verse 52, that by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power. All right, 3 Nephi 18 gives us that second portion, the sealing of the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And in reality, there are two parts to every priesthood. The first part is the ordination where a man receives authority. Then there is always a test 
Only if that man passes the test is that priesthood ever sealed upon him. And the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, must be performed by a man who has been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. But that man may either be on this side of the veil or the other side of the veil. Now, this ordinance can only be performed during a period of an open dispensation. And the definition of an open dispensation is given in DNC 84. If we start in DNC 84, verse 19, and this greater priesthood administereth the gospel. Now, this greater priesthood being talked about is the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood or the first order of Melchizedek priesthood. Um, restored to Joseph Smith by Peter, James, and John. And to Christ's 12 disciples in America by Christ himself. And this greater priesthood, the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, administereth the gospel. Now, what gospel is being talked about? The terrestrial order of the gospel. And there are really three different orders of the gospel. There's a celestial order, the church of the firstborn. There's a terrestrial order, the church of Christ. And there's a telestial order, or the preparatory gospel, also called uh, the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham. And among the early saints, we had this order of the gospel restored when in mid-1834, because we did not hearken unto the warnings and commands of God that we needed to repent and return and remember the new covenant in the book of Mormon, even that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, because we rejected that sacrifice in that covenant. Um, the Lord in his wrath took his name out of the church and we were demoted from the terrestrial church of Christ to the telestial church of the Latter-day Saints, precisely as the children of Israel under Moses and the children of Israel under Moses, when they hardened their hearts and rejected the new and everlasting covenant, like the Latter-day Saints did, we read in verse 24, but they hardened their hearts, the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest. Well, in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. And parenthetically, this is the second comforter experience to enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Or in other words, to be taken up to the high mountain like Moses or Nephi, not the earthly mountain, but the heavenly mountain, which Isaiah and Enoch call the seventh heaven or that place in the heavens where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory. When one has had the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, then continues in the everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and learns to keep all of God's commandments, which simply means to obey revelation. Then he or she is instructed about how to part the veil and ascend to the seventh heaven, come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And there, be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise or Christ makes that man 
or that woman, they're calling an election sure, and therefore they ascend to the level of one who is just and true, as is outlined in DNC 76, verse 53. And in DNC 76, 53. So after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost in verse 52. And who overcome by faith, or in other words, who feast upon the words of Christ as it is placed into their hearts, not only to seek and to receive, but also to do, because that's what faith means, to seek after, receive, and act on revelation, which when we combine with hope, which is belief and trust, is the power to unlock the power of heaven and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise is Jesus Christ in his aspect of the mission he has as keeper of the gate, which the father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn or the celestial order of the gospel. So, if we now go back to DNC 84, when the children of Israel rejected the fullness of the gospel, just like the Latter-day Saints under Joseph by 1834, the exact same thing happened. Therefore, he took Moses, verse 25 in DNC 84, or Joseph Smith, not immediately, but after they had exhausted all their chances to repent and return. Therefore, he took Moses slash Joseph Smith out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. The holy priesthood being the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, that order which presides in the terrestrial church of Christ, out of their midst, both from um, Israel under Moses and from the saints under Joseph Smith. And the lesser priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood, continued which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel. Which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and the remission of sins? Now, this preparatory gospel is referred to in DNC 110. And so before we come back to DNC 84, if we go to DNC 110, this is why Elias came to Joseph Smith in the Kirtland Temple and restored the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham. So in DNC 110, verse 12, after this, Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, which is not the dispensation of the fullness of times. All of the prophecies about the opening of the dispensation of the fullness of times pertain to Joseph Smith's second ministry, not his first. Even though... Joseph Smith believed that it into his first ministry because he didn't realize that the saints would refuse to repent and return and that they would exhaust all of their chances. He didn't realize until the end of the Nauvoo period, shortly before his death, that the saints would not during his first ministry repent and return. After this, verse 12, Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, saying that in us and our seed, all generations after us should be blessed. Now, back in DNC 84, verse 19, and this greater priesthood, the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, 
administereth the gospel. And there are three ways in which this priesthood administereth the gospel. First, it has the authority and power to officiate in the terrestrial order of the gospel. Number two, it has the authority to baptize with water into the terrestrial order of the gospel, just as we read in 3 Nephi chapter 11. Number three, it has the power and authority to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, as we just read in DNC 7652. And we got an example in 3 Nephi chapter 18. And administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, there are two ways in which this order of the priesthood, the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, holdeth the key to the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. And the first way applies equally to both men and women. And that is because it has the power to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is that born-again experience where one experiences the power of godliness and thereafter one then has access to that level of revelation in the heavens that they might be instructed about how to part the veil and enter into Christ's presence in his glory. Verse 20. Well, in the second way pertains specifically to men, and that is that a man must be both ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood, the apostolic order of the priesthood before he can be fully instructed about how to part the veil and enter into Christ's presence. Um, a woman doesn't need that extra step, but it is required of a man. Um, and before a man can come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, he must be ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood. Verse 20, therefore in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. And again, the meaning of the power of godliness being manifest unto men in the flesh is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21, and without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. Or in other words, unless there is a man of flesh and blood on the earth, who has been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. The heavens are closed. There is not an open dispensation. And it is not possible for a man or woman to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, until a new dispensation is opened. And this power and authority is restored to the earth. That's one of the reasons that it was so crucial for the restoration of the gospel under Joseph Smith, because the heavens had stood closed for over a thousand years. And it was not possible to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost during that closed period. However, um, it was possible to receive baptisms of fire during that period, which again is sanctification. It is a concentrated, directed uh, quantity of that substance, which we call the light of Christ. Um, and that is why 
a baptism of fire always accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But uh, people often talk about a baptism of fire to refer to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. However, they are not the same thing. Um, one may receive many baptisms of fire throughout their life, but one will only ever, if they ever do, receive the ordinance of baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the baptism of fire, which accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost, will be the greatest baptism of fire that one has ever experienced in their life up to that point. And it will remain the greatest baptism of fire that one will ever experience up until the point that they are brought into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And so... For all those who believe that they have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, I always recommend that they check in with Heavenly Father and ask Him. And many people have born-again experiences with a baptism of fire. And, And so they believe, as I did, because I had had baptisms of fire through which I had had born-again experiences that I had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, when I had, in fact, not. And as soon as I checked in with Father, he told me um, in a clear and unmistakable way that I had not yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, even though I had received baptisms of fire and born-again experiences, and which had been so powerful um, even unto the consuming of my flesh. And I had, I had been completely consumed in spiritual fire and electricity, spoken with the tongue of angels and even been the instrument of the Lord in performing miracles. And yet I hadn't yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, in Moroni chapter two, we gain additional insight into what is required by a man who has been ordained and sealed to this power to be able to perform the ordinance. And in Moroni chapter 2, It says, the words of Christ, which he spake unto his disciples, the 12, whom he had chosen as he laid his hands upon them. So this is what the disciples heard at the end of 3 Nephi 18, that the multitude did not and was not recorded um, at that time. But in another record that Moroni includes at the end of the Book of Mormon. The words of Christ, which he spake unto his disciples, the 12 whom he had chosen as he laid his hands upon them, or touched them one by one, and sealed upon them the apostolic order because of priesthood. And he called them by name, saying, Ye shall call on the Father in my name in mighty prayer. And after ye have had... After ye have done this, ye shall have power that to him upon whom ye shall lay your hands, ye shall give the Holy Ghost. And in my name shall ye give it, for thus do mine apostles. Now Christ spake these words unto them at the time of his first appearing, and the multitude heard it not, but the disciples heard it, 
and on as many as they laid their hands fell the Holy Ghost. And that's because they did not lay their hands upon any except they were commanded to by the Holy Ghost. And it would be a good idea that if there is a man who has been both ordained and sealed to this power, that he first receive a baptism of fire before he would perform this ordinance. And the person on whom this ordinance is to be performed, that they also receive a baptism of fire. And when both are receiving baptisms of fire and the spirit communicates in uh, a clear and distinct way to the man that is to be performing this ordinance, that he is to do so, then the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost will actually take place. And because if it is not directed by the Spirit, although the man may pronounce the words, nothing will happen. And before this ordinance can be performed, as is modeled in 3 Nephi chapter 19, Christ must first plead one's case before Father and receive permission from Father to adopt that man or that woman as his son or his daughter. And that always must precede the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, for it to be real. Um, in fact, if we go to 3 Nephi 19, after the 12 disciples received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which they, after teaching the people and receiving the power to perform the ordinance, they desire the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, more than anything else. And then they receive it. And so significant an event is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost for Christ's 12 disciples, that Christ separated himself from the multitude. And in 3 Nephi 19, verse 19, and it came to pass that Jesus departed out of the midst of them and went a little way off from them and bowed himself to the earth and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast given the Holy Ghost unto these whom I have chosen. And it is because of their belief in me that I have chosen them out of the world. Father, I pray thee that thou wilt give the Holy Ghost unto all them that shall believe in their words. So Christ had already gone to the Father and pled the case of the 12 disciples before him, before they received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Ghost. And now he's pleading the case for the Nephites who will yet receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, um, who shall believe on him because of the words of the 12 disciples. And verse 22, Father, thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me. And thou seest that they believe in me because thou hearest them. And they pray unto me, and I pray, and they pray unto me because I am with them. Now, if we go down to verse 28. Father, I thank thee that thou hast purified those whom I have chosen because of their faith. And I pray for them, and also for them who shall believe on their words, that they may be purified in me through faith on their words, even as they are purified in me. And in this instance, the phrase purified in me means baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 29, Father, I pray not for the world. And here Christ quotes 
the very words that he recently uttered unto Father in Gethsemane as he pleads for those who have and will become his sons and daughters through the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit and the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because that is when Christ adopts us as his sons and daughters. That is when he extends his name to us. And for the first time, we are not only able to covenant that we're willing to take upon us the name of Christ, but that we're also able to take upon us the name of Christ in reality, because it's the first time that he actually extends it, extends it to us. Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith that they may be purified in me, that I may be in them as thou father art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them or in other words. As Christ worked out the atonement in suffering and trembling in Gethsemane and during the scourging and on the cross. He not only overcame sin and death, but also gained the power to extend his hand to those who would become his sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and lift them up to where he is. And thus we obtain at one month with Christ and at one month with Father. Okay, now let's begin. Alma 36. My son, give ear to my words, for I swear unto you that inasmuch as ye shall keep the commandments of God, ye shall prosper in the land. I would that ye should do as I have done in remembering the captivity of our fathers, for they were in bondage and none could deliver them except it was the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And he surely did deliver them in their afflictions. And now my, and now, O my son Helaman, behold, thou art in thy youth. And therefore I beseech of thee that thou wilt hear my words and learn of me. For I do know that whosoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their troubles and their afflictions, and shall be lifted up at the last day. And I would not that I would not that ye think that I know of myself, not the temporal, but the spiritual, not of the carnal mind, but of God. And now behold, I say unto you, if I had not been born of God, now this phrase being born of God as the phrase of being born of the spirit means the same thing as the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy ghost. Now behold, I say unto you, if I had not been born of God or received the baptism of fire, baptism, of the Holy ghost. And again, this is Alma the younger. I should not have known these things. 
And the reason that he should not have known these things is because when one receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they then have access to a level in the heavens that they did not previously have access to. And there is a whole body of revelation that can only be received once a man or woman receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. I should not have known these things. But God has, by the mouth of his holy angel, made these things known unto me, not of any worthiness of myself. For I went about with the sons of Mosiah, seeking to destroy the church of God. But behold, God sent his holy angel to stop us by the way. And behold, he spake unto us as it were the voice of thunder. And the whole earth did tremble beneath our feet. And we fell to the earth, for the fear of the Lord came upon us. But behold, the voice said unto me, Arise. And I arose and stood up and beheld the angel. And he said unto me, If thou wilt of thyself be destroyed, seek no more to destroy my church or the church of God. And it came to pass that I fell to the earth. And it was for the space of three days and three nights that I could not open my mouth, neither had I the use of my limbs. And what Alma the Younger was experiencing here was that baptism of fire that accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so powerful the cleansing and sanctifying effect upon Alma that it literally took him to the edge of physical death. And it came to pass that I fell to the earth. And it was for the space of three days and three nights that I could not open my mouth, neither had I use of my limbs. And the angel spake more things unto me, which were heard by my brethren, but I did not hear them. For when I heard the words, if thou wilt be destroyed of thyself, seek no more to destroy the church of God. I was struck with such great fear and amazement, lest perhaps I should be destroyed, that I fell to the earth and I did hear no more, but I was racked with eternal torment for my soul was harrowed up to the greatest degree and racked with all my sins. Yea, I did remember all my sins and iniquities for which I was tormented with the pains of hell. Yea, I saw that I had rebelled against my God and that I had not kept his holy commandments. Yea, and I had murdered many of his children or rather led them away unto destruction. Yea, and in fine, so great had been my iniquities that the very thought of coming into the presence of my God did rack my soul with inexpressible horror. Oh, thought I, that I could be banished and become extinct, both soul and body, that I might not be brought to stand in the presence of my God to be judged of my deeds. And now for three days and for three nights was I racked even with the pains of a damned soul. And it came to pass that I, that as I was thus racked with torment, while the memory of my sins, behold, I remembered also to have heard my father prophesy unto the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ, a son of God to atone for the sins of the world. Now as my mind caught hold upon this, the thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me, who am in the gall of bitterness 
and am encircled about by the everlasting chains of death. And now behold, when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding as my pain. Yea, I say unto you, my son, that there could be nothing so exquisite and so bitter as were my pains. Yea, and again I say unto you, my son, that on the other hand there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as my joy. Yea, methought I saw even as our father Lehi saw, God sitting upon his throne surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. Yea, my soul did long to be there. Now a quick interjection. There are three different levels that we can have visual experiences with deity on. And this is a type two experience as was Lehi's that he is referring to in first Nephi chapter one. Now, a type one experience or type one vision, when our spirit is in our body, um, our body acts as a veil and it provides static and interference to our spiritual eyes. However, we can start opening our spiritual eyes and seeing what is happening on the other side of the veil, either right around us or someplace else. But everything may be dim. We may just see a flash, a glimpse, an outline, not very much detail. But we are correctly seeing type 1 vision. Now, a type 2 experience is described here by Alma and by Lehi and by Joseph Smith with the first vision. And it can include a daytime waking high-definition vision. It can also include a prophetic or revelatory dream. It can also include an actual physical experience and interaction with Jesus Christ, like the apostles had after Christ's resurrection or like the Nephites had when he came and visited them in 3 Nephi 11. It can also include a near-death experience where one meets Christ. Now, neither a type one or type two experience require the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Although, after one has had the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, one may find that their ability to have type one visions and type two experiences is increased. And they may start to have them for the very first time. However, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is not required. Joseph Smith had not yet had the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost when he had the first vision. The Nephites in 3 Nephi 11, although they received a baptism of fire, um, as is outlined in 3 Nephi chapter 11, verse 3, and it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven, and they cast their eyes round about. 
for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice, nevertheless, and notwithstanding, it being a small voice, it did pierce them that did hear to the center, insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake, yet it pierced them to the very soul, and it caused their hearts to burn. Now, this was a baptism of fire. Now, most people, if they received this level of intensity of baptism of fire, they would think it was the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, but it was not. The 12 disciples don't receive it until 3 Nephi 19. And the people have not yet received it, but they do receive a baptism of fire at this time. Now, a type three experience is different. A type three experience can only be received when there is an open dispensation. And it can only be received after having received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's described again in DNC 76 verse 53. And who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise which the father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn or in other words, as it states in Moses chapter one, verse one, the words of God, which he spake unto Moses at a time when Moses was caught up to an exceedingly high mountain. Now this experience of Moses being caught up to an exceedingly high mountain happened after his burning bush experience. It was during Moses' burning bush experience that Moses received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then he had to have a period of preparation between the burning bush and his ascension experience to be instructed and to be taught and to be refined before he come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And verse two, and he saw God face to face and he talked with him and the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore, Moses could endure his presence. Now, this Moses being caught up to an exceedingly high mountain, this was no earthly mountain. This was the heavenly mountain, or as Enoch and as Isaiah refer to it, the seventh heaven, that place in the heavens where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory. And so after the sufficient period, after Moses' baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, once he had overcome by faith as is outlined in DNC 7653. Then he was taken up to the seventh heaven. But before that could happen, he had to have a brand new baptism of fire because no unclean thing can come into God's presence in his glory and remain alive. And so Moses had to receive a brand new baptism of fire to make him clean. And then that baptism of fire had to progress from a baptism of fire to transfiguration. And that's what is meant by the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore, Moses could behold his glory and talk with Christ face to face as one man talketh to another. And then in verse 9. And the presence of God withdrew from Moses, or in other words, the transfiguration ended. And when transfiguration ends, you cannot stay in Christ's presence in his glory. And Moses was left unto himself, and as he was left unto himself, he fell to the earth. 
question is, what aspect of Moses fell to the earth? Verse 10. And it came to pass that it was for the space of many hours before Moses did again receive his natural strength like unto man. And he said unto himself, now for this cause, I know that man is nothing, which thing I never had supposed. So when Moses came into Christ's presence in his glory, he realized as never before how desperately he needed a savior and an atonement. Because there was an awful gulf that separated him from Christ. And he could wear out his life and the rest of eternity. But on his own, he could never breach that gap. And he also realized at that time, the terrible price that would be paid for him. And it made him realize that man was nothing. Remembering that he had been a prince of Egypt and he had seen more might and grandeur of this earth than most people ever will. And yet it was nothing in comparison. And I want to point out that this was not a casual experience. And if we ever hear of someone's ascension experience as casual, that should be a red flag. While it is deeply intimate, it is not casual. It is the most profound It was upon me and I beheld his face for I was transfigured before him. Or in other words, we can't take our physical body into Christ's presence in his glory until we're translated. But after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and after we have overcome by faith, our spirit is able to be taken up to the seventh heaven where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory. And our spirit is able to come into Christ's presence. And he then is able to seal upon us our calling and election and make it sure. And this is also what is called in DNC 7654, being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And then, as is outlined in DNC 7655, then one becomes a member of the church of the firstborn or the celestial order. And one has ascended to the level of just and true. And now as you go through the writings of King Benjamin and Alma, you will see that phrase just and true pop up from time to time. And it has direct reference to this ascension level. But if you don't know that you'll miss it. All right, going back to Alma 36. And so Alma has a type two vision, just like Lehi does. And the interesting thing is they have a very similar vision 
at the exact same time that they're receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For Lehi in 1 Nephi, chapter 1, Lehi hears the prophet Jeremiah preaching in the streets of Jerusalem. And for the first time, he hears a man speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost because the ecclesiastical leaders of his day, the Pharisees of his day, were corrupting the Jew, were corrupting the Hebrew religion into the Jewish religion. And this what is meant in Lehi's vision of the tree of life that there appeared a man in a white robe and he followed him and led him into a, a dreary waste. Well, despite having been told that that represents Jesus Christ, it didn't. That represented the Deuteronomists, the Pharisees who had corrupted the Hebrew religion into the Jewish religion and were teaching um, a false religion. But at that time, Lehi didn't know any better. And so he hearkened to the words of the Deuteronomist or the Pharisees of his day or the ecclesiastical leaders of his day. Now, all of us have probably gone through this awakening process. All of us probably started out listening to the Deuteronomists of our day believing that they were, in fact, true messengers, true men in white robes who could lead us to the tree. And it wasn't until we experienced the true power and authority of the Holy Ghost that we awakened. And then we could tell a true prophet from a false one, one who speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost and one who does not. And so Lehi, being a humble follower of Christ, being kept from the truth only because he knew not where to find it, as soon as he did find it, i.e. hearing the prophet Jeremiah preach in the streets of Jerusalem, immediately he recognized it. And he received the doctrine of Christ from the prophet Jeremiah with gladness. And as a result, verse 4, and it came to pass that in the commencement of this is in 1 Nephi chapter 1. Of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi having dwelt at Jerusalem in all his days. And remember, we have the lost um, 116 pages of the Book of Mormon. This is gone into greater detail in that account. We only have a summary here, so a lot of the details are left out. But we have sufficient details that what we know what happened. And in that same year, there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent or the great city Jerusalem must be destroyed. In fact, that is also the message that is going forth among the Latter-day Saints today. There is a one-to-one -one correlation. Wherefore, it came to pass that my father Lehi as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart in behalf of his people, for he was awakened from his deep slumber, and he received the doctrine of Christ with gladness. And once he did, 
like Enos and like Alma, once they had received it, then they were overcome with concern for their people, that the, their people also might awaken from the deep slumber and receive the doctrine of Christ with gladness, that they might repent and return and be saved from destruction. And it came to pass that as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire and dwelt upon a rock before him. Well, that rock that was before him was his altar that he was praying at. And the pillar of fire that came down was associated with his baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost experience, which is one of the typical aspects of a baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he saw and heard much. He's having a type two vision that is accompanying his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And because of the things which he saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. Usually when the voice of the spirit comes to us, it tells us the hard, difficult things. And so if we're only looking for the warm fuzzies, we miss many of the most important and critical messages that the spirit has for us. Caused him to quake and tremble. And it came to pass that he returned to his own house at Jerusalem and he cast himself upon his bed, being overcome with the spirit and the things which he had seen. And being thus overcome with the spirit, he was carried away in a vision, even that he saw the heavens open and he thought he saw God sitting upon his throne, surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. Now, many read this, not understanding the doctrine of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and think this was Lehi's second comforter experience. It was not. It was a type two vision. One cannot have the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and on the same day have the second comforter experience. They would die. There has to be a recovery period. There has to be an additional test and there has to be preparation to come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So Lehi here is having a type two visionary experience, a high definition vision, just like Joseph Smith had at the time of the first vision. And just like Alma the younger had at the time of his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so, Similar was it that he specifically refers to Lehi's vision as being similar to his at the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So going back to Alma 36. Verse 15, again. Oh, thought I that I could be banished and become extinct, both soul and body, that I might not be brought to stand in the presence of my God to be judged of my deeds. And now for three days and three nights, I was racked, even with the pains of a damned soul. And it came to pass that I was thus, that as I was thus racked with torment, while I was harrowed up by my memory of my many sins, behold, I remembered also to have heard my father prophesy unto the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ. Now, does this also remind you of Enos's experience? If we go to Enos... Enos, chapter 1, verse 1. Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man, for he taught me in his language and also taught in the nurture and admonition of the Lord 
Or in other words, he taught Enos the doctrine of Christ. He taught Enos a broken heart and contrite spirit. And that through a broken heart and contrite spirit, he might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And blessed be the name of my God for it. And I will tell you of the wrestle which I had before God, before I received a remission of my sins, or before I received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Behold, I went to hunt beasts in the forest and the words which I had often heard my father speak concerning eternal life and the joy of the saints sunk deep into my heart and my soul hungered and I kneeled down before my maker and I cried unto him in mighty prayer and supplication for mine own soul and all the day long did I cry unto him yea and when the night came I did still raise my voice high that it reached the heavens. And there came a voice unto me saying, Enos, thy sins are forgiven thee and thou shalt be blessed. Although we don't have the full account of Enos's baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is part of his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost experience. And I, Enos, knew that God could not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. And I said, Lord, how is it done? And he said unto me, because of thy faith in Christ, whom thou hast never before seen nor heard. And many years pass away before he shall manifest himself in the flesh. Wherefore, go to thy faith hath made thee whole. And it came to pass that when I had heard these words, I began to feel the desire for the welfare of my brethren, the Nephites. Wherefore, I did pour out my whole soul unto God for them and then for his enemies. And we're going to find that as we read these passages about the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost with Alma, that this is one of the signs that accompanies a true baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is that one is no longer um, only satisfied with having received it themselves. One is filled with desire that their family and their brothers and sisters, their people, even their enemies might also receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost to the degree that one is willing to go out and sacrifice one's life in teaching the doctrine of Christ that others might also receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Going back to Alma 36. Verse 18, now as my mind caught hold upon this thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me, who am in the gall of bitterness, am encircled about by the everlasting chains of death. And now behold, when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more, just like Enos. And if we had the full record of Lehi, the lost 116 pages, we would see that this would also very carefully model Lehi's experience. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light did I did behold. Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding as was my pain. Yea, I say unto you, my son, that there could be nothing so exquisite and so bitter as were my pains. Yea, and again, I say unto you, my son, that on the other hand, there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. And methought I saw, even as our father Lehi saw, God sitting upon his throne, 
surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. Yea, and my soul did long to be there. But behold, my limbs did receive their strength again. And I stood upon my feet and did manifest unto the people that I had been born again of God, which is what happens at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And while one can receive a born again experience with the baptism of fire, it is not as significant as the born again experience that accompanies the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 24, yea, and from that time, even until now, I have labored without ceasing. See, the pattern is again established. And what did Lehi do after he had his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? He went out and tried to declare repentance and the doctrine of Christ to his people. And they rejected it. What happened to Enos? He sought that his brethren and then his enemies might have the same experience. With Alma, as soon as he has his baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, he immediately enters into the ministry that first his brethren might receive it, and then the Lamanites. I have labored without ceasing that I might bring souls unto repentance, that I might bring them to taste of the exceeding joy which I did taste, and that they also might be born of God or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, as a cross-reference, let's go to Helaman chapter 5. Now, Helaman 5 gives the account of Nephi and Lehi, the two great missionary brothers who had been incarcerated in prison and the prison guards came to kill them and they miraculously saved by pillars of fire that came down and a mist of darkness came down and engulfed the 300 who were at the same location and it paralyzed them with fear until they cried out unto father and they were delivered and pillars of fire came down and encircled them, and angels did come down out of heaven, and they received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so powerful an experience was this, that they went out, and practically the entire Lamanite nation was converted to Christ, to the point that they also had the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Or in other words, verse 42, and it came to pass that they all did begin to cry unto unto the voice of him who had shaken the earth. Yea, did, yea, they did cry even until the cloud of darkness was dispersed. And oftentimes when we are in contact with great truth or are about to be in contact with great truth, the adversary will come and try and destroy um, our experience. And many people are take it as a false sign that what they were hearing or what they were about to experience is not from God because the adversary tries to stop them. Just like the adversary did with Joseph Smith when he went into the grove of trees to pray. What if Joseph had walked away from that experience saying, what if he had aborted early that experience saying, certainly this could not be approved of God for I was seized upon by Satan. And yet often that's what we do. 
And thus Satan is successful in keeping us from greater light and knowledge. And it came to pass that they all did begin to cry unto the voice. And this is what we must do. And this is what Joseph Smith did to be delivered. Of him who had shaken the earth, yea, did the cry even until the cloud of darkness was dispersed. And it came to pass that when they had cast their eyes about, they saw that the cloud of darkness was dispersed from overshadowing them. Behold, they saw that they were encircled about, yea, every soul by a pillar of fire. And again, I say, this is typical with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Nephi and Lehi were in the midst of them. And they were encircled about, yea, they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire. Yet it did harm them not. Neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison, and they were filled with that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. And behold, the Holy Spirit of God did come down from heaven and did enter into their hearts, and they were filled as if with fire, and they could speak forth marvelous words. And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them, yea, a pleasant voice, as if it were a whisper, saying, Peace, peace be unto you, because of your faith in my well-beloved who was from the foundation of the world. And now when they heard this voice, they cast up their eyes as if to behold from whence the sound came where the voice came and behold, they saw the heavens open and angels came down out of heaven and ministered unto them. Now, in addition to pillars of fire coming down, it is also typical for angels to come down and minister during a baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And to be filled with that joy, which is unspeakable and to have such a powerful sanctification that it literally takes one to the edge of physical death. Verse 49. And there were about 300 souls who saw and heard these things and they were bidden to go forth and marvel not, neither should they doubt. And it came to pass that they did go forth and administer unto the people, declaring throughout all the regions round about all the things which they had heard and seen, and insomuch that the more part of the Lamanites were converted of them because of the greatness of the evidences which they had received. And as many as were convinced did lay down their weapons of war and also their hatred and the tradition of their fathers. And it came to pass that they did yield up unto the Nephites the lands of their possession. And this is the evidence that not only were the was almost the entire Lamanite nation converted, but they also received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, because they had such a mighty born again experience that this warlike people laid down their weapons of war and delivered back up the lands that they had taken back from the Nephites back to them. Now these pillars of fire coming down is what we read about in Acts on the day of Pentecost when cloven tongues came down upon the apostles or pillars of fire came down of sanctification. And, you know, this is also similar to the experience of the 12 disciples in third Nephi 19. Um, in third Nephi 19, Regarding the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost of the 12 disciples, starting in the middle of verse 13. And the Holy Ghost did fall upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And behold, they were encircled about as if it were by fire. And it came down from heaven, and the multitude did witness it, and did bear record. And angels did come down out of heaven and did minister unto them. 
And it came to pass that while the angels were ministering unto the disciples, behold, Jesus came and stood in the midst and ministered unto them. Alma 36. Verse 22. Yea, methought I saw, even as our father Lehi saw, God sitting upon his throne. Type 2 vision. Surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. Yea, and my soul did long to be there, but behold, my limbs did receive their strength again. And I stood upon my feet and I did manifest unto the people that I had been born of God, that I had received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yea, and from that time, even until now, I have labored without ceasing that I might bring souls unto repentance. This is the pattern that I might bring them to taste of the exceeding joy of which I did taste, that they might also be born of God or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yea, and now behold, my beloved son, the Lord doth give me exceedingly great joy in the fruit of my labors. For because of the word which he has imparted unto me, behold, many have been born of God, or because Alma the younger taught the doctrine of Christ. Many also received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted as I have tasted, and have seen eye to eye as I have seen. Therefore, they do know of these things which I have spoken, as I do know, and the knowledge which I have is of God. And I would submit to you that when he says, and have seen eye to eye. What he's talking about is that after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, he was instructed in all things that were required of him that, as recorded in Moses chapter 1, verse 2, and he saw God face to face and he talked with him. And the glory of God was upon Moses. Therefore, Moses could endure his presence. And that also is our opportunity. Because there is an open dispensation right now. Because Joseph Smith has returned. Although he remains hidden as a polished shaft in the quiver of the Lord, as Isaiah says. Because he returned to finish the restoration the heavens have again been opened and we are now living in the dispensation of the fullness of times, which was only looked forward to by the early saints in the days of Joseph Smith's first ministry. And it's now possible again to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And like Moses and like Alma the younger and like Nephi, and as Alma the younger is telling us as many others during his day, went on from there to be instructed about how to part the veil and enter into Christ's presence in his glory. And have seen eye to eye. Alma 36 verse 26. As I have seen. Therefore they do know of these things of which I have spoken as I do know. And the knowledge which I have is of God. And I have been supported under trials and troubles of every kind, yea, and in all manner of afflictions, 
Yet God has delivered me from prison and from bonds and from death. And I do put my trust in him and he will still deliver me. And I know that he will raise me up at the last day to dwell with him in glory. Yea, I will praise him forever for he has brought our fathers out of Egypt and he has swallowed up the Egyptians in the Red Sea and led them by his power into the promised land. Yea, and he has delivered them out of bondage and captivity from time to time. Yea, and he has also brought our fathers out of the land of Jerusalem. And he has also by his everlasting power delivered them out of bondage and captivity from time to time, even down to the present day. And this is especially significant to our day. Because just as Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, so does Joseph Smith lead an end time exodus out of bondage on the eve of destruction, culminating with the establishment of New Jerusalem. Verse 30. But behold, my son, this is not all. For ye ought to know, as I do know, that inasmuch as ye shall keep the commandments of God, ye shall prosper in the land. And ye ought to know also that inasmuch as ye shall not keep the commandments of God, ye shall be cut off from his presence. Now, this is according to his word. Now, let's cross-reference this with Mosiah chapter 27. And in Mosiah 27, verses 24 through 32. For said he, Alma the Younger. I have repented of my sins and have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the Spirit, or have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Ghost. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. As did Christ. Cross-referencing 2 Nephi 31, verse 8. Wherefore, after he, Jesus Christ, was baptized with water, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. Or in other words, the man who officiated in the office of Holy Ghost came down and performed the ordinance of a baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost for Christ. And again, it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate. For every man, every woman, if they are to become as Christ and his father and mother are, must receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost. There is no other way. The narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, he having set the example before them, Back to Mosiah 27. Verse 25. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost, exactly as Christ did, or in this context, would. Yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness. 
For one of the things that happens at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is that a large percentage of the natural man purged out of us as we become born again sons and daughters of Christ. Being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters. This is exactly what it says in Mosiah 5. This is when Christ extends his name to us. This is when we actually have the capacity to become Christ's sons and daughters. Not before. We seek after it before, but we don't obtain it until the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 26, and thus they become new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Or in other words, no man, no woman can inherit the kingdom of God without the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was just reading in Millennial Star a quote that said, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is the most significant gift God can bestow upon a man or woman in this life. We have no idea how significant it is. And yet most members of the church go to their grave without ever having received it because we don't even know what it is, much less how to receive it. And yet it is the most central doctrine in the Book of Mormon. Verse 27, I say unto you, unless this be the case, they must be cast off. Unless we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost, we must be cast off. And this I know because I was like to be cast off. Nevertheless, after waiting through much tribulation, repenting nigh unto death. And if that is what is required for us to receive it, then it is worth every second. The Lord in mercy has seen fit to snatch me out of an everlasting burning and I am born of God. My soul hath been redeemed from the gall of bitterness, from the bonds of iniquity. I was in the darkest abyss, but now I behold the marvelous light of God. My soul was wracked with eternal torment, but I am snatched. And my soul is, my soul is pain no more. I rejected my Redeemer and denied that which had been spoken of by our fathers. But now that they may foresee that he will come and that he remembereth every creature of his creating, he will make himself manifest unto all. Yea, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess before him. Yea, even at the last day, when all men shall stand to be judged of him, then shall they confess that he is God. And shall they confess, then shall they confess who live without God in the world, that the judgment of an everlasting punishment is just upon them. And they shall quake and tremble and shall shrink beneath the glance of his all-searching eye. And now it came to pass that Alma began from this time forward to teach the people. Again, the pattern after receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the born again experience is so profound that from that moment forward, a man or woman goes forth preaching the doctrine of Christ others may also receive. And those who were with Alma at the time, the angel appeared unto them, traveling round about throughout all the land, publishing to all the people the things which they had heard and seen, and preaching the word of God 
in much tribulation, being greatly persecuted by those who were unbelievers, being smitten by many of them. So this becoming a servant of God comes with a heavy price, which is worth the cost. Alma 38. My son, verse one, give ear to my words, for I say unto you, even as is said unto Helaman, that inasmuch as ye shall keep the commandments of God, ye shall prosper in the land. And inasmuch as ye shall not keep the commandments of God, ye shall be cut off from his presence. And now, my son, I trust that I shall have great joy in you because of your steadiness and your faithfulness unto God. For as you have commenced in your youth to look up to the Lord, your God, even so I hope that you will continue in keeping his commandments. For blessed is he that endureth to the end. And I say unto you, my son, that I have had great joy in thee already because of thy faithfulness and thy diligence and thy patience and thy longsuffering among the people of the Zoramites. For I know that thou wast in the bonds. Yea, I also know that thou wast stoned for the word's sake, and thou didst bear all these things with patience, because the Lord was with thee. And now thou knowest that the Lord did deliver thee. And now, my son Shiblon, I would that ye should remember that as much as ye shall put your trust in God, even so much ye shall be delivered out of your trials and your troubles. And this is sage advice for us today, because we are about to go into bondage and persecution. And the only way that we will make it out is through having faith in God and trusting him. You shall be delivered out of your trials and your troubles and your afflictions, and you shall be lifted up at the last day. Now, my son, I would not that you should think that I know these things of myself, but it is the spirit of God, which is in me, which maketh these things known unto me. For if I had not been born of God, I should not have known these things. Or in other words, had Alma not received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, he would not have had access to that level of revelation in the heavens where these things could be revealed to him. Verse 7, but behold, the Lord in his great mercy sent his angel to declare unto me that I must stop the work of destruction among his people. Yea, and I have seen an angel face to face. And he spake unto me, and his voice was as thunder, and it shook the whole earth. And it came to pass that I was three days and three nights in the most bitter pain and anguish of soul. And never until I did cry out unto the Lord Jesus Christ, just as the 300 in Helaman 5, as we just read. Did I receive a remission of my sins? And notice that Lehi received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, also when he cried out unto God at his altar. And the Nephites, the 12 disciples, they received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost after what? Let's quickly go to 3 Nephi 19. Verse 7. 
13 by 19. And the disciples did pray unto the Father, also in the name of Jesus. And it came to pass that they arose and ministered unto the people. And when they had ministered those same words which Jesus had spoken, nothing varying from the words which Jesus had spoken, behold, they knelt again and prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus. And they did pray for that which they desired most. And they desired that the Holy Ghost should be given unto them. And what follows was the account of their baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Back in Alma 38. Verse 8. And it did come to pass that I was three days and three nights in the most bitter pain and anguish of soul. And never until I did cry out unto the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy did I receive a remission of my sins. But behold, I did cry unto him and did find peace to my soul. And now, my son, I have told you this, that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn of me that there is no other way or means whereby man can be saved. Christ is not just an ascended master. He is the only way. And we cannot ascend except in and through him. Despite the doctrine of devils, which is widely taught that Christ is only one example and that there are many examples of ascended masters and we just have to follow their example. No, Christ is the only way. That ye may learn of me that there is no other way or means whereby man can be saved only in and through Christ. Behold, he is the life and the light of the world. Behold, he is the word of truth and righteousness. And now, as ye have begun to teach the word, even so I would that ye should continue to teach, and that I would that ye would be diligent and temperate in all things. See that ye are not lifted up unto pride, for parenthetically speaking, this is the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Yea, See that ye do not boast in your own wisdom, nor, your, nor of your much strength. Use boldness, but not overbearance. And also see that ye bridle all your passions. Verses your brother. That ye may be filled with love. See that ye refrain from idleness. Do not pray as the Zoramites do. For ye have seen that they pray to be heard of men and to be praised for their wisdom. Do not say, O God, I thank thee that we are better than our brethren, which I often hear in fasting testimony meeting. But rather say, O Lord, forgive my unworthiness and remember my brethren in mercy. Yea, acknowledge your unworthiness before God at all times. And may the Lord bless your soul and receive you at the last day into his kingdom to sit down in peace. Now go, my son, and teach the word unto this people. Be sober, my son. Farewell. And let's cross-reference that with Alma chapter 5. In Alma chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Behold, I can tell you, did not my father... Now, Alma the Younger is recounting the experience of his father... Alma, the former priest of wicked King Noah. 
Did not my father Alma believe in the words which were delivered by the mouth of Abinadi, a true prophet who spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, just as Lehi, as soon as he heard a true prophet speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, Jeremiah, he abandoned his false traditions and he entered into the new covenant. And was he not a holy prophet? Did he not speak the words of God? And my father Alma believe him. And according to his faith, there was a mighty change wrought in his heart. Behold, I say unto you that this is all true. And behold, he preached the word unto your fathers. Now, this mighty change of heart that is being referenced is Alma the Younger referencing the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost of his father. And then just like all who truly receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they cannot be contained from going forth and preaching the doctrine of Christ. And behold, he preached the word unto your fathers. And a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts, or they also received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they humbled their hearts, or they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful until the end. Therefore, they were saved. And now behold, I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have ye spiritually been born of God, which happens at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost? Have ye received his image in your countenance, which happens at the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then continues, if one continues to feast upon the words of Christ, not only to hear, but also to do? Have ye experienced this mighty change in your hearts, the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost? And then verses 49 through 51. And now I say unto you that this is the order after which I am called, yea, to preach unto my beloved brethren, yea, unto everyone that believeth, or yea, unto everyone that dwelleth in the land, yea, to preach unto all, both old and young, both bond and free, yea, say unto you the aged and also the middle-aged and the rising generation. Yea, to cry unto them that they must repent and be born again or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yea, thus saith the Spirit, repent, all ye ends of the earth, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand. Yea, the Son of God cometh in his glory, in his might, majesty, power, and dominion. Yea, my beloved brethren, I say unto you that the Spirit saith, Behold, the glory of the King of all the earth and also the King of heaven shall very soon shine forth among the children of men. And also the Spirit saith unto me, Yea, crieth unto me with a mighty voice saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Repent, for except ye repent, ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so it is with us today. And now Alma 22. Verses 15 through 26. And it came to pass that after Aaron had expounded these things unto him, the father of King Lamoni, the king of the Lamanites. The king said, what shall I do that I may have this eternal life of which thou hast spoken? 
Yea, what shall I do that I may be born of God or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, having this wicked spirit rooted out of my breast and receive his spirit or be born again that the natural man dies as we became born again, sons and daughters of Christ, that I may be filled with joy, that I may not be cast off at the last day. Behold, said he, I will give up all that I possess. Yea, I will forsake my kingdom that I may receive this great joy. Or in other words, he was making the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, putting everything upon the altar, withholding nothing that he might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But Aaron said unto him, if thou desirest this thing, if thou wilt bow down before God, yea, if thou wilt repent of thy sins, and will bow down before God and call on his name in faith, believing that ye shall receive, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. And it came to pass that when Aaron had said these words, the king did bow down before the Lord upon his knees. Yea, even he did prostrate himself upon the earth. And he cried mightily saying, O God, Aaron hath told me that there is a God. And if there is a God, and if thou art God, wilt thou make thyself known unto me? And I will give away all my sins to know thee and that I may be raised from the dead and be saved at the last day. And now when the king had said these words, he was struck as if he were dead. And it came to pass that his servants ran and told the queen all that had happened unto the king. And she came unto the king, and when she saw him lay as if he were dead, and also Aaron and his brethren standing as though they had been the cause of his fall. She was angry with them and commanded that her servants or the servants of the king should take them and slay them. Now the servants had seen the cause of the king's fall. Therefore, they durst not lay their hands on Aaron and his brethren. And they pled with the queen saying, why commandest thou that we should slay these men? When behold, one of them is mightier than us all. Therefore, we shall fall before them. And when the kings, when the queen saw the fear of the servant, she also began to fear exceedingly, lest there should some evil come upon her. And she commanded her servants that they should go call upon the people that they might slay Aaron and his brethren. Now, when Aaron saw the determination of the queen, he also knowing the hardness of the hearts of the people feared lest that a multitude should assemble themselves together and there should be a great contention and a disturbance among them. Therefore, he put forth his hand and raised the king from the earth, and said unto him, Stand. And he stood upon his feet, receiving strength. Now this was done in the presence of the queen and many of the servants. And when they saw, they greatly marveled and began to fear. And the king stood forth and began to minister unto them. And he did minister unto them insomuch that his whole household were converted unto the Lord. Again, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, one cannot help but go forth and declare the doctrine of Christ. And now there was a multitude gathered together because of the commandment of the queen. And there began to be great murmurings among them because of Aaron and his brethren. And the king stood forth among them and administered unto them. And they were pacified towards Aaron and those who were with him. And it came to pass that when the king saw that the people were pacified, he caused that Aaron and his brethren should stand forth in the midst of the multitude and that they should preach the word Unto them. Again, we have this pattern established. Now, Alma 7. 
verses 9 through 17. But behold, the spirit has said this much unto me, saying, cry unto this people, saying, repent ye and prepare the way of the Lord and walk in his paths, which are straight. For behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is also our message that we are to take forth to the people today. And the son of God cometh upon the face of the earth in this, his second coming for us today. And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem which is the land of our forefathers. She being a virgin and a precious and chosen vessel who shall be overshadowed and conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost and bring forth a son, yea, even the son of God and shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which saith he will take upon him the pains and sicknesses of his people. And he will take upon him death that he may loose the bands of death, which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. Now the spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the son of God suffereth according to the flesh, that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. And I say unto you that ye must be repent and be born again, or receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For the Spirit saith, if ye are not born again, if you do not receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, ye cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, come and be baptized unto repentance, that ye may be washed from your sins, that ye may have faith on the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world, who is mighty to save and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Yea, say unto you, come and fear not, and lay aside every sin which shall easily beset you, which shall bind you down to destruction. Yea, come and go forth, and show unto your God that ye are willing to repent of your sins and enter into a covenant with him to keep his commandments, and witness it unto him this day by going into the waters of baptism. And whoso doeth this, and keepeth the commandments of God, from thenceforth the same will remember that I say unto him, yea, he will remember that I have said unto him, he shall have eternal life according to the testimony of the Holy Spirit, which testifieth in me. And now my beloved brethren, do you believe these things? Behold, I say unto you, yea, I know that ye believe them. And the way that I know that ye believe them is by the manifestation of the spirit, which is in me. And now because your faith is strong concerning that, yea, concerning the things which I have spoken, great is my joy. And now, Mosiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. After King Benjamin has taught his people the doctrine of Christ, which words were given to him by an angel. His people start receiving the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in chapter 4, we have the description of that baptism of fire, which accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Starting in verse 1, And now it came to pass that when King Benjamin had made an end of speaking these words, which had been delivered unto him by the angel of the Lord, that he cast his eyes round about on the multitude, and behold, they had fallen to the earth, for the fear of the Lord had come upon them. And they had viewed themselves in their own carnal state, even less than the dust of the earth. And they all cried aloud with one voice saying, Oh, have mercy. 
and apply the atoning blood of Christ that we may receive forgiveness of our sins and that our hearts may be purified. For we believe in Jesus Christ, the son of God who created heaven and earth and all things who shall come down among the children of men. And it came to pass that after they had spoken these words, the spirit of the Lord came down upon them or the baptism of fire commenced. And they were filled with joy, having received remission of their sins and having peace of conscience because of the exceeding faith which they had in Jesus Christ, who should come according to the words which King Benjamin had spoken. And then progressing from that baptism of fire, which accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, starting in verse 2 of chapter 5. And they all cried with one voice, saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety and truth, because the Spirit of the Lord omnipotent. Now, sometimes we take the admonition to not rely upon man or the arm of flesh too far. And we reject true messengers of God who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. But to receive the words of those who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost is not to rely upon the arm of flesh or upon man. For this definition is given in 2 Nephi 28. And in 2 Nephi 28 Verse 31, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man or maketh flesh his arm or shall hearken unto the precepts of men. And parenthetically, I add, or those men who speak not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, standing in sharp contrast with those who do and continuing, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. In fact, Nephi, as he is ascending to the high mountain, as he is about to have his second comforter experience, one of the very first things that the spirit of the Lord inquires of Nephi is, do you believe the words of your father, all the words of your father? Or in other words, do you believe the words of your father that he uttered by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost? First Nephi chapter 11 and the Spirit said unto me, starting in verse 2, Behold, what desirest thou? And I said, I desire, behold, to behold the things which my father saw. And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he hath spoken? And I said, Yea, thou knowest that I believe all the words of my father. Now this is not to rely upon the arm of flesh or trusting man, because Lehi spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And when I had spoken these words that I believed all the words of my father, the spirit of the Lord cried with a loud voice saying, Hosanna to the Lord of the most high God, for he is God above all the earth, even above all. And going back to Mosiah chapter five, verse two, and they all cried with one voice saying, yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety. And truth, because of the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us. Now, this mighty change is a combination of that baptism of fire, which accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts, that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And we ourselves also through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of his spirit have great views of that which is to come. And were it expedient, we could prophesy of all things or as Nephi says in second Nephi 32 about the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. In verse 13, then shall you receive the Holy Ghost, yea, then cometh the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost, and then can you speak with the tongue of angels and shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel, or if it were expedient, we could prophesy of all things, going back to Messiah 5, verse 3. And verse 5, and we are willing to enter into a covenant with our God and to do his will and to be obedient to his commandments in all things that he shall command us all the remainder of our days, that we may not bring upon ourselves a never ending torment as he has been spoken by the angel that we may not drink out of the cup of the wrath of God. And now these are the words which King Benjamin desired of them. And therefore he said unto them, ye have spoken the words that I desired and the covenant which ye have made is a righteous covenant. This is the new and everlasting covenant. This is the covenant whereby we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. And parenthetically speaking, because before the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, all you could do was covenant to take upon yourselves the name of Christ because it hadn't yet been extended to you, but now it was. For behold, this day he has spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And under this head ye are made free, and there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Therefore, I would that ye should take upon you the name of Christ. All you that have entered into the covenant with God, that ye should be obedient unto the end of your lives. And this is also part of what it means to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that you will be obedient unto God the rest of your lives, or that you will feast upon the words of Christ and hearken unto them. And it shall come to pass that whosoever doeth this shall be found at the right hand of God. This is enduring to the end. And ye shall know the name by which he is called, for he shall be called by the name of Christ, for he has adopted you as his son's and daughters, and has given his name to you. And now it shall come to pass that whosoever shall not take upon him the name of Christ must be called by some other name. Therefore he findeth himself on the left hand of God. And I would that ye should remember also that this is the name that I said should be given unto you that never should be blotted out, except it be through transgression. Therefore take heed that ye do not transgress, that the name be not blotted out of your hearts. And I say unto you, I would that ye should remember to retain the name written always in your hearts, that ye not be found on the left hand of God, but that ye hear and know the voice 
by which ye shall be called, and also the name by which he shall call you. For how knoweth a man the master whom he has not served, who is a stranger unto him, who is far from the thoughts and intents of his heart? And again, doth a man take an ass which belongeth to his neighbor and keep him? I say unto you, Nay, he will not even suffer that he shall feed among his flocks, but he shall drive him away and cast him out. I say unto you that even so shall it be among you, if you know not the name by which you're called. Therefore, I would that ye should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in good works, that Christ, the Lord God omnipotent, may seal you his, that you may be brought to heaven, that ye may have everlasting salvation and eternal life through the wisdom and power and justice and mercy of him who created all things in heaven and in earth, who is God above all. Amen. And I conclude this portion of our Zoomcast with my testimony that these things are very true. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.